This is Wednesday night worship service here at the Pine Level Pentecostal Witness Church, May the 19th, 2021, with our CE Director, Reverend Mac Perry. Tonight's message is God's Comforter. Here's Brother Mac. You may be seated if you can as we start our Bible study tonight. Um, all the Bible studies up to this point that John's been uh, telling us and teaching us about what Jesus did in the last hours have been very special, very special to me, and I know to you what God is telling us in His Word. But tonight, uh, and this week, this whole week has been very special to me, and and uh, God has been blessing me tremendously, and I want to share tonight, you know, the word comforter. Uh, you know, we all understand Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost, and I think John, the Holy Spirit leading John specifically put the words in our lesson tonight for a reason, comforter. Because he knows there's many times in our life and in our heart we need peace, we need some joy, we need lifting up. And when he used the term comforter, it just really, really penetrated my heart and helped me this week. And I, I did something that uh, I'm going to share with you at the end because I, you know, I... I I just just desiring and, and praying God will continue to bless. God's been good to Pine Level. But I'm just wanting to see more and more people saved, more and more people filled with the Holy Spirit. And I know our leadership, our pastor, is desiring the same thing. And it's just beginning to be more prevalent in my heart. And I think about it often. And today, when I really... Uh, well, well, this week as I've been studying about the Comforter... Uh, some things came into my heart about the day I received the Holy Spirit and how God filled me with the Holy Ghost and when He filled me, where it was that, and, and the, the, the times, the different times that I just kept seeking it and kept seeking it. And, 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 and for the reasons that I'm going to help us understand tonight, it, there was some difficulty in receiving the Holy Spirit, even back when I was younger. For me, because of all the things that we're going to talk about tonight that I'm going to share with you. And what, what I'm going to share with you tonight is something special. It was special to me when I did it. I actually called six different pastors, uh, three of them being previous pastors to this church, one, our present pastor, and two pastors that I have confidence in. And all six, I have a high level of confidence that they still understand what the Holy Spirit means to the church and what, uh, um, how the ch church today really needs the Holy Spirit more than it ever has. Well, I kind of surveyed it, surveyed them, and I asked them basically a question. Why do you feel like today it seems to be very difficult uh, for people to receive or be filled with the Holy Spirit? And... Um, well, and I also preface that by understanding that God has not changed. In fact, many of the pastors let me know as I talked to them for several hours, each one of them. Well, all together it was several hours. But uh, I, as I talked to them, they let me know right up front that first and foremost, God is the same. Nothing's changed with God. God is the same God. He still loves us. He wants to actually... One pastor said it well, I thought, and that God is really saddened that today more people aren't really seeking to be filled with the Holy Spirit. 
Because He truly understands. He truly understands how much we need the Holy Spirit. And that's why He gave it to us. And as Jesus said, we need that comforter. He's leaving us something that is very important for us. In fact, you know what? It's very important sometimes to me that I review quickly what, we, what we've gone over tonight. I'm, I've got a lot of things on my heart I want to share with you, but I do want to say that last week, real quickly... Uh, Jesus said that we can be greater in Him. And His disciples were asking questions about, show me the Lord. And Jesus said, you've seen Him in me. And, and, and all the things that we talked about last week. But we ended last week with three verses when He said 12, 13, and 14. Uh, I tell you the truth, anyone who has the faith in me will do what I've been doing. And even they can do greater things. Those kind of things really stuck in my heart last week. And I carried them forward. He said, whatever we ask... Uh, in His name, wow, we can be greater in Jesus. So uh, tonight, what I want to do is is uh, start with, and, and then I went through, and, and which was very important, and talked about throughout history, all the things that God blessed the Holy Spirit and blessed people to do that was greater than what Jesus, for, for example, first of all, the disciple that preached a message, 3,000 people were saved. And I, and I went through history and talked about that, all of that, is very important, but tonight I'm a little bit anxious to get in, in into the lesson about the Holy Spirit. So I want to read, starting in verse 14, fifth, I mean, starting in chapter 14, verses 15 through 18. If she, if ye shall ask anything in my name. I will do it. If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray, and the Father, he shall give you another comforter, and he may abide with you forever. Father, bless this message tonight. Thank you, dear Jesus. And let me go ahead and read 17 and 18. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth within you. Understanding that the Holy Spirit dwells within you and shall be in you. And then 18, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Thank you, dear Jesus. Bless your word, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Tonight, we learn about what Jesus tells His disciples and us what He is calling the Comforter that will abide in us. When you read 15 and 16, especially 16, He says, I will give you another Comforter, meaning I've been here on earth in the physical sense and spiritual sense, we're going to learn, but also... Uh, he's going to be with his father, but they're going to leave a comforter with us. These verses, as Jesus is beginning to tell and prepare his disciples, he's teaching them tonight in these words, to receive the comforter is a great gift. It is a gift from God. And Jesus knew they would need the comforter. Jesus knew we would need the comforter, the Holy Spirit. It is very important for us to understand that we need the Comforter, we need the Holy Spirit to carry out the Word of God, to do His work. 
We can't do it without Him. Although many times we try. Jesus knew we would need the power and the strength and the love and the Holy Spirit that would guide us. He knew that to carry out the message of the new covenant of Jesus Christ, He knew, Jesus knew, that we cannot even keep His commandments as we just read. We are to keep His commandments. We can't keep His commandments without the Holy Spirit living within us. Jesus knew that with the Holy Spirit, we would have the type of love that um, He taught us a couple weeks ago that I shared with, with you, agape kind of love, agape kind of love. That love that is unconditional, sacrificial, selfless. In other words, moving, moving ourselves out of the way. The kind of love that gives you power, that you truly love others more than yourself. Also, Jesus, plan, our plan, His plan was to live in us spiritually. In other words, living on the inside. Living on the inside of us. In the inside of each one of us so we could carry out and do His work. We can't do it without Him. And, and He wants us to live a sinless life. And, and all of our actions would be to support what He is wanting us to do to carry out God's plan and God's will and not our own will. If we don't have Him living in us and having the power of living in us, we will continue to do our will. You know, I, I think about the saying today, walking the walk, talking the walk, or talk the talk. That's it, talk the talk, walk the walk, I believe it is. We can't do it without the Spirit of God living in us. Our actions will be greater uh, for Jesus with the Holy Spirit. I'm going somewhere with all this. I'm letting you know the power and why it's so important for us to have it. Let's start from the beginning. John 3 and 3. Jesus explained to Nicodemus, the change begins with new birth. Jesus said, I tell you the truth. No one can see the kingdom of God unless he's born again. So first of all, we have to be reborn. We have to have a new birth, as he's explaining to Nicodemus. We need the Spirit living in us. The new birth is absolutely necessary for every one of us everywhere because it's from the inside. Our heart has to be changed, and he wants us all to have that power. Uh, you know what our tendency is as humans is to try to do it ourselves, to try to do it independently, but we need the new birth. The beginning of the Holy Spirit living in us is with the new birth, and the Holy Spirit comes from Calvary. It comes from Jesus. The Holy Spirit is felt. It is something we feel spiritually. It is a power that we get when we repent and we truly ask for mercy and forgiveness. So what Jesus is teaching his disciples and teaching us and preparing us in these words tonight is that there is a big transition, a huge trans transition, something that we're not used to. And when he's what he's talking to them tonight is from a physical sense to a spiritual sense. We have trouble. We struggle with that. The Old Testament tells us in Numbers 11 and 29, Moses expressed 1,500 years before Jesus' birth, God's yearning for Pentecost. He says, Moses said to Joshua, Would God that all the Lord's people were prophets, that the Lord would put His Spirit. He wants us all to be uh, spiritually, uh, live in us spiritually. He wants us all to be his prophets. Let's read what Joel, 
says in uh, chapter 2, verses 28 and 30. Joel, Joel, um, chapter 2, verse 28 through 30. And it shall come to pass afterwards that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old uh, men shall dream dreams, your young men shall see visions. And also upon the servants and upon the handsmaid is those days I will pour out my spirit. And I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. So way back in the Old Testament, God was talking about his spirit and his spirit being filled into us and we becoming a temple for him. So what he is teaching us is that he wants us to receive his and accept his spirit. Look at John 1 and 15. John the Baptist. Doing a little bit of history here and working towards some other things. John the Baptist was filled with the Holy Spirit while he was still in his mom's womb before he was even born. The Holy Spirit, when he was born, gave him, uh, John the Baptist, the strength, the power to go out and minister and do the things that he would... You know, when you read the life of John the Baptist, the way he lived and the way he died, it was all about what God wanted him to do. He was out, you know, proclaiming Jesus and letting everybody know that Messiah, who the Messiah was. And in John 3.16... Uh, also, by the way, in John the Baptist had an insight and a knowledge and prophesied the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit living in Jesus. If you think about Luke 3 and 16, John the Baptist understood and prophesied with accuracy the Holy Spirit would be very active in the ministry of Jesus, the Messiah, and described the Holy Spirit as fire. And yes, even in Luke 4.19 it said, the Spirit of the Lord is in me because He has anointed... This is Jesus talking. He has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and the recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. In John chapter 7, John wrote Jesus uh, used the words in his prophecy about the Holy Spirit. He used the words rivers of living waters and to follow us, us Christians were to drink. People tonight, Jesus is telling us in his word tonight, he is sending what we need, what we need to live by, how to live for him. And all we need is that living water of the Holy Spirit. And it is abundant. It's more than we really need if we just trust. And it will satisfy us is what God is telling us if we'll just receive it in our heart. I'd like to take a few minutes to describe something to you according to God's Word. I call it the job description of the Holy Spirit. Which also tells us about what God's plan is and, and over history, how much He truly loved us. First of all, it is to convict of sin. It is to make us righteous. This refers to the grace that draws. And by the way, in John 16, uh, chapter 16, verses 8 through 11, it tells us the Holy Spirit will draw people to God. It will draw 
people to repentance. One of the jobs of the Holy Spirit. And then it says also, uh, new believers are born again by the Holy Spirit, John 3 and 16. Salvation only comes through Jesus Christ. And then the Holy Spirit is an agent that sanctifies believers through the blood of Jesus and by believing the truth. And it tells us that in 2 Thessalonians 2 and 13, also in 1 Peter 1 and 12. Thirsty believers. In other words, the Holy Spirit will make us thirsty, make us desire, help us desire to be filled with and empowered for service at home and abroad. So wherever it is needed. That tells us in John chapter 7, 37 uh, through 39, and also Acts 1 through 8. And then the Holy Spirit teaches all things about Jesus. Another reason we need the, uh, the Holy Spirit, it tells us of what we need to know. It brings us to our remembrance about what Jesus taught in, also in John 14 and 26. His mission, the Holy Spirit's mission, is to make Jesus Christ known to all. So that should be our mission also. The gift of the Holy Spirit completes the changes from most holy place to holy temple, as they called it way back then, to us being the temple of the heart. Our body is the temple, as it tells us in 1 Corinthians 16 and 19. And what that really means is, now His temple is mobile. His temple journeys. His temple moves about and carries the Word of God. That's what that means. To everywhere. And that's what the Bible tells us in, in 1 Corinthians 16 and 19. The Holy Spirit blesses all the gifts that are given the Spirit for effective service for uh, uh, God, thus nurturing believers, encouraging believers, strengthening believers, and edifying the church, as it tells us in 1 Corinthians 12, 8, and 10, also in Romans. The Holy Spirit also grows the fruit of the Spirit. We all know the fruits of the Spirit, as it tells us in, um, in uh, Galatians 22 and 25. The Holy Spirit was active and very active participant in raising Jesus Christ from the dead. The Bible tells us that in Romans 8 and 11. And it was directly involved, will be involved, in the resurrection in the last days, the great ascension uh, that's, that's coming, the rapture that's coming. And then in, uh, another uh, uh, job of the Holy Spirit was active force in the creation of, of the heavens and earth. That tells us in Genesis 1 and uh, chapter 1 verses uh, 2 and also in Psalm. The Holy Spirit continues to be the dynamic agent in the gift of prophecy of the church, as it tells in 2 Samuel, 1 Corinthians. The Holy Spirit inspired the writing, as the Word tells us, of the Old Testament. I know I've gone through a lot of these scriptures fast, and I thought about that. You can't write them all down, but you actually can review uh, this video later on and, and, and get all these uh, verses if you would like to read and follow up some of this stuff. It was very difficult to read, be able to read every one of these, but uh, uh, it is exactly what I'm telling you, what God is saying. The Holy Spirit inspires the writers of the Old Testament as well as the apostles who wrote the New Testament. So the Holy Spirit has been very active in everything that was a part of God's plan. So what I'd like to share with you tonight about God's comforter is more, uh, let's call it 
trying to help us understand what God is really meaning by being filled with the Holy Spirit. Being filled with the Holy Spirit. During my lifetime, and I'm sure yours, I've been told by people that they are Christians and they, they believe in Jesus, but yet they do not believe in what we Pentecostals believe is the Holy Spirit or being filled with the Holy Spirit. The Bible tells us as soon as we accept Jesus Christ, we truly accept Him, then Jesus, the, uh, the Holy Spirit begins to uh, live in us. I thought about it a lot over the years, and I understand what He's really meaning in the difference between being born again, that Spirit that lives in you when you are first uh, accept Jesus Christ, and what it really means to be filled with the Spirit. I've thought about it a lot over the years, and you know, I, I absolutely, God has blessed me and, 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 and filled me with the Holy Spirit. But here recently, as I have been driving around in this gas shortage, it, God put again a little bit of humor in my heart that helps me to even refer to what it means to be running around on a quarter tank of gas and what it means to be filled, have a full tank of gas. You know, when you're driving around on a quarter tank of gas, you sooner or later, you're going to have to make a decision to go fill up, right? You have to go find some more gas. Do you going to give out a gas? And when I think about salvation, I, th I, I thought about it as kind of being a quarter of a tank of gas. When I think about sanctification, I thought about it being maybe maybe a half a tank of gas. So I heard many times over the last couple of weeks that i got to tap off my tank. I need to fill up my tank. You know, that's, as Christians, that's what we need to be thinking about. Right now, we're trying to run around on a quarter tank of gas, a lot of us as Christians. We're trying to run around on a quarter tank of God, uh, gas, trying to do God's work, and we can't do His complete work that He's wanting us to do. We can't get to the complete point. We can't execute the, the entire plan until we have a full tank of gas. We need the power. We need a full tank of gas to get the power. We need a full tank of gas to fight the devil. We need a full tank of gas to witness. If you don't have a full tank of the Holy Spirit, you're not going to be able to do effectively what God wants you to do. And to do it effectively and not making all the mistakes that we as normal as human makes. We must have a full tank of gas. We don't need to be driving around on a quarter tank of gas. We will struggle we will struggle if we try to do that. We need to tap off our tank, fill it up with the Holy Spirit, and be filled with the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit living in us full every day. We need to make sure our tank is full every day, not just trying to tap it off periodically to get somewhere. We need to make sure our tank is full every day. We need the power of the Holy Spirit to, uh, to uh, be uh, filled we need to be filled to the brim, always. Now, here's where God put in my heart some major points of, uh, about what I wanted to teach tonight. When I surveyed the pastors, first of all, I was blessed mightily. I hadn't talked to some of them in a lot of in a long time, and you know, at first it was the introductions and how much we miss each other and how much we love each other. And, not, and I, all of you uh, know, I think you know all these pastors, really, even though 
uh, only four have been our pastor or presently our pastor. But as I thought about what they said and what they were saying to me, uh, first of all, again, being filled with the Holy Spirit, the question, why does it seem it's so difficult and why do we make it difficult? Did y'all know we make, we're the ones that make it difficult? That's what's on my heart. We, I made it difficult. I made it very difficult, a lot more difficult than it really was. A lot more difficult. Let's listen to what some of the pastors says about why it's difficult for this flesh. Remember, it seems that we're always thinking in the flesh. We're thinking in the physical sense. And God's saying that we need to be in the spiritual sense. We need His Spirit living in us. The pastor number one. And by the way, there's no particular sequence or order for pastors. His first words out of his mouth was tradition. We've uh, have set expectations from what we have seen in the past. We seem to be concerned to do what others have done and not concentrating on what God wants to do. We seem to concentrate on what we've seen other people and I'm going to talk about that in the, in the minute because one of the pastors specifically did mention the importance of us that's filled with the Holy Spirit, how we act, how we talk, and how we do. And, 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 and we set the example and how important that is. But I'll get to that in just a minute. So he said, he continued by saying, if they only would think about receiving and concentrating on receiving the Holy Spirit itself, it would be a much easier. That's what God tells us. Believe and receive is the words that were used by many pastors. One other thing he said is, too, too many of us don't truly believe that God wants to fill us up with the Holy Spirit. And we'll mention that a little bit later. I'll, I'll explain that a little bit later. Next pastor. We allow the human side to take over, not the spiritual side. We talked about that. We need to really su submit and surrender and have the passion and desire that Jesus Christ puts in our heart when He saves us. He puts a desire. When He truly saves us, he puts the Holy Spirit, He puts a desire in us to go do His work and His, real, His will. And we have to have a desire, a real desire. It, it, it put, he, he said to me, Mac, how many people have you heard lately say, I'm desiring, I'm wanting to be filled with the Holy Spirit? He said, Mac, it's been a long time as a pastor since I've heard that. He said that should be a Christian's main desire, is to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So, you know, it, 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 what the question is, is why don't we desire, why don't we have a passion to be filled with the Holy Spirit? People lack the true desire, was his word. The next pastor. His first word out of his was, didn't this pastor? 
Um, I will go on for a little while. He, he, he preached to me, and I love him. He's a great man of God. And you could tell, you know, on all these pastors, their passion to see the Holy Spirit moving again. You could tell there was a passion that the pastors have in the, these six pastors. Now, I'm going to tell you some things here a little bit. One, this pastor right here told me that has this been discouraging to some of his people. He said, but it's not discouraging to me. It's not discouraging to me. And don't let it discourage you, Mac, because that's the devil. He said, but I'm telling you, and, and, and you know, God is still in control. But he used a word, his word was, churches have become contemporary. Contemporary. Seeker centered was his words. Seeker centered. Do you know what that means? They're more worried about the numbers. They're seeking the numbers. They're wanting to do whatever it takes to get people into the church, where it's entertainment, where it's uh, uh, not doing the right things that God wants them to do, but they're seeker-centered. Some more com comments from this gentleman that's getting on up in age and loves the Lord dearly. Younger generations of pastors do not even teach in the church today about the filling of the Holy Spirit. He said that's a... That's, a, that's, a, that's really bad in the churches. There's a generation that has missed the understanding of what being filled with the uh, uh, Holy Spirit means and what it's all about. If we don't today, what his words was, if we don't today start changing that and teaching and preaching again about the Holy Spirit, there will be another generation that dies out. We must not try to worry about, and his words was, they don't preach it because they're worried and afraid that they're going to run people away because they don't understand. And, it's to, and his words was a pastor's responsibility to teach and help them understand. But the younger generation was not taught about the Holy Spirit. Devil has used the word filling with the Holy Spirit. This is the same pastor. The devil had, like I told you, he got on a roll. It was a passion for him. The devil has used the words filling with the Holy Spirit to divide churches. Yes. And I, and I did quite, <clears throat> I said, brother, I said, well, what do you mean the devil is using the words filling the Holy Spirit? He says, the older generation that is filled out, that is filled with the Holy Spirit, feel like they are being left out. They feel, feel like they are not getting the attention. They feel like that they're not hearing the Word of God about the Holy Spirit because the other generations are being catered to, and it's dividing the church. It's dividing the church. Hallelujah. They don't preach it because they don't even understand it. But then he went on to say, the generation that misses it and don't understand... It's not going to be a part of the rapture. That's how important it was to this pastor. How important being filled with the Holy Spirit and the churches seeking and desiring the Holy Spirit. It must be a part of what churches, God's church does. It must be a part of God's church. He went on to say, this coming Sunday is Pentecost Sunday. He said, Mac, 
How many preachers do you think will preach on Pentecost Sunday? How many do you think even understand what Pentecost really means? He said, they don't even know what it really means, so they certainly won't be preaching on it. And then he continued, he says, what these pastors don't understand is there's no power in the church without the Holy Spirit. If Holy Spirit, Pentecost, is the very foundation of God's church, not man's church, God's church. Hallelujah. The foundation of God's church is His Holy Spirit. And where the power of God is, is where people are going to be delivered. Hallelujah. It's where the power of healing is going to be. It's where the power of miracles are going to be. God's church that is filled with His Holy Spirit is where it's going to be prevalent. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God's Holy Spirit is needed in all churches today. Pastors today seem to want to get Him, and this is His words. Pastors seem today, and He says, I understand they want to get involved in things and help wherever they can. He says, but pastors today seem to be more involved in everything else going on in the church than doing his job or her job biblically. They need to be full-time spiritually developing leaders and people spiritually. Thank God we have a pastor that believes in that. I believe that God wants the uh, leaders and the uh, and the uh, church pastors to understand that biblically their job is to teach it. And if they don't, this pastor ended with some uh, a lot of words about what we're going to answer to. Especially, especially people that stand up and say they're representing God and they're not teaching what God wants them to teach. The next pastor, Pastor Four. The first word, out of his mouth was afraid. Afraid of what they don't know and what they don't understand. And he, he talked about that a little bit. And he said, that is church leaders, church pastors, and church spiritual leaders' faults. We all have a role in that. He went on to say the lack of desire to really want to be spirit fed, uh, to be full of the spirit. Why? Because of what it may mean to them. It may mean changes in their life. Uh, do I have to give up this? Do I have to give up that? And these things stay in our physical heart and they keep us from going forward spiritually with God, being filled with God. We let these little things that we think we're going to have to give up or may change in our life. He did a great job explaining that. And then fear. Again, he used afraid and he used the word fear. I usually tried to capture the first word of a sentence to, to help me get an understanding. Fear of the unknown. It is the, and again, it is the pastor's responsibility to help people understand that. He feels that's missing in many churches today. Uh, it is the responsibility to, uh, to, uh, of pastors and leaders and teachers to teach what God's Word is. And God's Word said His church is about His Holy Spirit guiding His church. Nobody else. Nothing else. It has to be about the Holy Spirit. The pastor number five. I thought about this. 
This one uh, kind of settled in with me a little bit. The first word out of his, he said the problem is we limit God. We put a limit on God. And we say things like, God, I'm not perfect. Uh, you know, I want, I want the Holy Spirit, because, but because there's things in my life and there's things that I've done, I'm not worthy. And, you know, there, there's even things that maybe, uh, you know, I have to give up and things I don't understand. So we let all these things stop us from re, re So we limit God. God can forgive all that. God can change all that. It's what he said. We got to give it to God. And when he give it to God, he will fill us full of his spirit. We have to have faith. The word faith come up with every pastor. That's the, probably the first thing in, in, in many of them's mind. We have to have the faith, faith, faith to get saved. This was a good thought. Think about this. This is a good seed planted. We have to have the faith to get saved. It takes the same type of faith to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Let me say that again. We had faith to be saved. If we're truly saved, we put our faith in Jesus Christ. We believed in Jesus Christ. That same faith is what we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We are the ones limiting God. Fear again came up. We're afraid of what it means in changing our life. Another one, another pastor. And what does God expect from me if He fills me with the Holy Spirit? Am I, am I now... <laughs> You know, he, he was funny. He said, am I now going to have to attend every service? Am I now going to have to go to the altar and be one of those that raised their hand? Am I? You know, it was very simple. Think about it. But this pastor has got, had a good point. He's saying he was afraid of what it really meant to me now that I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. What does God expect me now to go do with that? Our human side only wants to do what we want to do. It don't want to do what God wants to do. And God, sometimes that Holy Spirit may tell us to run up and down the aisles. Well, that's what we're supposed to do if that's what the God said to do. But we live in a world that's prim and proper. And I'm, I'm trying to repeat some of the words that the pastors are saying. They were, I asked them to be very open, very honest, one-on-one, -on -one, and that I really wanted to, them to help me understand from their perspective what, it, what was going on. Human side wants to do what we do. Want to do. Also, God, same pastor, pastor number five. Also, God, spirit is not strong in the churches because Christians seem to be wanting to be entertained. And his word came out entertained. Now, I'm going to tell you something. This pastor took off on that. I wished I could have captured everything he said, but he took off so fast it was faster than Mac Perry could speak. I've never seen anything like it, but boy, he took off on it. And then... He got to a point, he said, and he, he, it almost sounded like he thumped something. Maybe his desk, I don't know. Entertainment. The world's entertainment in the church is blasphemy. It is a sin. That's what he said. And he was em emphatic about it. Entertainment in the church is blasphemy, is a sin. He says, if they want to be entertained... Let them seek the Holy Spirit. God will fill them full and have them going all over the place entertaining each other. And even those that are sinners will be standing up and looking and seeing what's going on. That's the kind of entertainment we need. God's spiritual entertainment. It, I'm, I, I tell you what, I, I love today. I, I had a great time in listening to all these gentlemen.
We need to give up entertainment that is not of God. We don't need to keep looking for entertainment. We need to be looking for the Spirit of God to fill us full of that joy, full of that peace, full of the things that we need. And then, pastor number six. First words, basically, out of his mouth. Pride. Pride. This one fit me a little bit, too. I'll be honest, it fit me a little bit. We've got to get pride out of the way. What they may have to do when they surrender, if God was to, you know, and what the conversation actually with several of these pastors is, was, well, if I go up there and I want the Holy Spirit, what's going to happen to me is now people's going to be looking at me and they're going to want to see if I'm going to shout and run, if I'm going to speak in tongues, if I'm going to do this. They're worried about people watching them and seeing them and quite honestly judging them. So what, therefore what happens is it, it shuts down the Spirit from entering at the strength that it wants to go into their heart. We've got to get that stuff out of the way. Pride is one of those things. In fact, not me, I don't know that I can do that. I, I, that's not in my style. That's not in my personality to do that. And you know what? We've got to be careful with that. If we let it get in the way uh, you know, Mike, and you, you said something to me, or said something to this congregation, I believe it was a few weeks ago, about uh, maybe it was a month or so ago, about how you had to just let God sometimes take over and let Him have it, because it's not sometime in our nature to uh, just right in the middle of a service to speak in tongue, or right in the middle of the service. I don't remember exactly how you said it, brother, but it touched home with me, because it touched, and it was a blessing for me to hear it from someone else, especially a minister of God, to hear that, you know, we, we need to cut loose sometime for God. <laughs> Y'all know what I mean for that? Let God. As pastor says, let go, let God sometimes. We've got to let God. And, and you know what? There's been many times, many times in our life of us that's been saved when that spirit says, go up there, go do that, go speak to that person. But you know what? We didn't. We didn't. That is not good. We need to go let God. We need to go speak to someone. We need to encourage someone. I can assure you, as I said in the past, I've said it back. If it's going to encourage someone or walking up to say something good to someone, it ain't the devil. It ain't the devil. It's God. It's the Spirit of God leading us to do that. We should be doing it. We should let God lead us. We should surrender was the word that this pastor. We may let him and surrender. And fear and afraid was the words used by this pastor again about the changes that may have to occur in my life. What is the Holy Spirit really wanting me to go do? It scares us. And then seeking tongues, this pastor said, in seeking turn tongues. And he was, he was the first one, he was the one out of the six that did mention this. They seek the tongue part and speaking in tongues. So they come up to the altar or in their home, wherever they're seeking the Holy Spirit, and they're concentrating, Lord, let me speak on tongues. I need to speak in tongues. I want, I want the Holy Spirit. I want... We need to quit concentrating on speaking in tongues and concentrate on the Holy Spirit, receiving the Holy Spirit, humbling our heart, cleaning out all the stuff out of our heart, and concentrating on the goodness and the greatness of God. It's what this pastor is saying. We, need, we come up trying to ex have expectations of one thing, and what we really ought to be doing like speaking in tongues, we ought to be expecting the Holy Spirit to fill us. We want the Holy Spirit. And guess what's going to happen as soon as that Holy Spirit comes into your heart? 
Guess what's going to happen? God is going to turn you loose. He's going to turn you loose and do what He feels you should do. Not what you're going to do. And it may not be speaking in tongues. It may be, as I've seen my mama, when I was little in a tent revival with all this sawdust on the ground, God get to uh, blessing her and she, she'd go to shouting and hollering and fall out in her hair gets all into sawdust and, and you know, and, and pass out. And we stayed there for hours. As God, not only her, but many others. Because they let God, they let go. They let God bless them and touch them. Pastors do have a big role, as this pastor continued. And please hold heartily that helping people understand what the Holy Spirit is about and teaching it and preaching it uh, about the Holy Spirit is, is absolutely important to the church and critical. But he also began to say that... Uh, the people that are filled with the Holy Spirit need to understand what God wants us to do, what our role is. Because one of the reasons I told you about the Holy Spirit and its role and its job responsibilities is because when it starts living in us and we're now a temple of God, we have certain responsibilities. We have certain roles. Yes, it will change our life. It will cause us to step out in faith and do a whole lot of things that we're not used to. But every single thing, we should be setting the example, living the example, lifting God up in everything that we do and everything that we say. And, and, and we play, actually, in, in some ways, we may play a more or be a more critical example than the pastor's teaching. Because they're looking. Everybody's looking at everybody. Y'all know that as well as I do. So we as, that are filled with the Holy Spirit, we are critical to the building of God's kingdom and allowing God, let go and allowing God to bless us. And let, let if he, he asks you to get up and speak in tongues and interpret it, do it. Do it. That's what God wants you to do. Do it. Do it. You may not know how. God does. God just let allow God to do it. Also, as he continued, the generation of God's people today, uh, um, of adults, there is a generation, let me sit briefly, uh, we kind of ended on this. There is a generation today of adults that they do not even think, believe, or consider that they need the Holy Spirit in their life. That is the fault of maybe the generation past that did not teach it. I would think so. It has a lot to do with it. But as we know, there is a generation gap in, the, uh, in God's church, in God's churches, in, and especially from a Holy Spirit, filled with the Holy Spirit standpoint. Being filled with the Holy Spirit is critical to the growth of God's church and to His plan and is to His purpose. Let me summarize some words that not only I've said, I may have not said all the words, but I know in my heart as I thought about these words, they were repeated by uh, at least two or more of these pastors. And think about these words. Think about these words. When you really think about why doesn't uh, more people get filled with the Holy Spirit, seemingly. Let me summarize some words. Faith. Limitation or limiting God. Fear, afraid of surrendering totally. That surrendering was used by one, but when I 
look at what some of these pastors were saying is, we got all this stuff that we're worried about surrendering, and if, if you can't do this or don't do that, whatever. But the bottom line is surrendering totally. And another word, expectation. We need to get our expectations out of the way. Also, several times was used the word passion or desire was used several times. And several times the word life-changing, the things in our life would change. And also the word pride was used. Understanding and knowledge was used by several, meaning uh, this generation, a lot of the generation before and this generation, there's a generation gap of having the understanding and knowledge. Would you stand with me tonight as we close? We have a tendency when we are in our human physical mode of blaming and questioning and looking at why things are the way they are. But what God has been teaching me a lot over the last year is we have to start by not looking at others, not even the pastor. We have to look at ourselves. We can blame everybody, but we have to look at ourselves. And when we look at ourselves, we have to question, where's my tank of gas at? Have I got a quarter tank? I know God loves me and I love God. Have I got a full tank of God? Has God filled me to the point that every day my passion, my desire is to go out and do His work and His will and to help somebody, to love somebody and to change this world that we live in. That's the passion and desire that we need. And it starts with us. It starts with us. I believe this group of people here understand and know what being filled with the Holy Spirit is all about. And we need to share that. We need to teach that. We need to make sure that God's teaching of the Holy Spirit and what He is wanting for His church is the message is carried forward. That is the whole reason for the Holy Spirit living in us as a temple that we can move about. We can go places and carry the message throughout the world. And thank God, thank God for all the missionaries that's willing to leave home and go to places that are unbelievably dangerous. But yet, they love God and they have a passion and a desire to go do His work and will. Isn't that wonderful? That's the passion and the love that we need also. We need that also to go forward. And the only way, we got to quit trying. Quit trying to do it ourselves and let God do it. Let go and let God do it. In your wonderful name, dear Jesus, thank you for this opportunity you've given us tonight, Lord. Thank you for allowing me to share your word tonight, dear Lord. Thank you for the love Jesus had for us, dear John. Jesus still has today, Lord. Lord, we have many things on our hearts, Lord. Many things that's, Lord, that we, that, that could be discouraging, Lord, but we're going to give it to you tonight, Lord. We're going to bless you with it, lift you up in the name of Jesus. 
Hallelujah, Lord. Touch the families that are in need, Lord. Touch the churches that's in need, Lord. Fill your churches full of your Spirit, dear Father. And start right here, dear Father, in Pine Level, Pentecostal holiness, Lord. We are Pentecost, Lord. We do believe in filling with the Holy Spirit, dear Lord. We want your Spirit, Lord. We desire your Spirit, dear Lord. Fill us full, dear Lord. Give us a tank full, dear Lord. Fill us all full of your love and your grace, dear Lord. And start with me, dear Jesus. Start with me, dear Jesus, in your wonderful name, Lord. Touch all those that's on our prayer list, Lord. Bless each one of them, dear Father, in your holy, holy name, dear Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise your wonderful name. God bless. Thank you for being here tonight. God You've been watching the Pine Level Pentecostal Witness Church, a church you can call home with people you can call family. The Pine Level Pentecostal Witness Church is located on 112 East Blanche Street, and we welcome you to come and join us in worship every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m., every Sunday night at 6 p.m., and every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Don't forget, if you can't join us in person, you can always join us via the internet through the website at pinelevelphc.org. You can watch our services, check out upcoming events, and lots more there at the website. You can also check out our app through Google Play or iOS App Store. Download the Pine Level Pentecostal Witness Church app. It's free to use, free to download. You can watch our services live or on demand. Check out other things about the church, even donate to the church through the link. If you have a Facebook account, go to facebook.com forward slash Pine Level PHC. Get notifications when we go live. Check out pictures and other upcoming events about our church. Just like our Facebook page, that's all you have to do. Also, YouTube is available for the YouTube subscribers. Search YouTube for Pine Level PH Church. Subscribe to our channel. Get notifications when we go live. You watch our services live or on demand. Don't forget, if you can't watch us, maybe you want to listen. Search for our podcast through your favorite podcast provider and listen to the services anywhere in the world. Don't forget about our new radio station. Go to our website or app for the quick link. And you can also just simply type in pinelevelphc.org forward slash radio. Radio stations playing good gospel music 24-7. Also, lots other programming is available for your enjoyment. So if you want to check that out, do so anytime. And listen with friends around the world. For everyone here at the Pine Level Pentecostal Witness Church, I'm Joey Perry. We hope to see you soon here at the Pine Level Pentecostal Witness Church.